I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. the fangirls on jackalope radio hey everybody and welcome to the newest episode of the fangirl radio show i am your host jessica dwyer and please ignore the raspiness of my voice i do in fact have post harhound convention crud con crud as i call it um with me tonight are my beautiful guest hosts ren willicks hello and rachel moore yo and as we always, are total the, nerds. We are indeed. <laughs> and also with me tonight, um, back from a long surgeon of an illness himself, I believe, is our resident handyman, Todd. Damn right. Yeehaw. Build that wagon. I'm building a wagon. Are, aren't you supposed to be like making some <laughs> sound and like, you know, being tool man or something? I don't know. I don't know what that is. He's really more of the Harrison Ford genre of carpentry. Uh, I guess, okay. He's like Tim Allen solo. Well, yeah. Damn right, just I'm always the, hanging out with the Wookiees. Just do the <laughs> drill into the microphone for a second. Oh, oh you want to no. hear the drill? All right. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's, that's hot. I, suddenly, I am back in a dentist chair. Thank <laughs> you for that. <laughs> You'll be a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> to be a success uh, and now we're flashing into a whole other genre of film that we're not talking about that tonight though <laughs> could. we, we could. could but we point, won't everyone just tuned out when I started singing Dennis it's over <laughs> no I just kept seeing uh, Steve Martin running around in a leather jacket that is awesome but... <laughs> alright <laughs> although we could because you know there was Audrey's I think it was called Seymour's Pet Shop or something there that was a spinoff spinoffs, but you haven't yeah. announced what we're talking about yet tonight actually I did on Facebook if you didn't see the post but tonight's episode <laughs> we're going to talk about um, feature films based off of TV series and TV series based off of feature films because um, we've got a, quite a number of those upcoming over the next uh, year or so and um, I thought it would be an interesting to go take a walk back through memory lane and a peek into the future at what we've got going on with this. Because it's kind of an interesting concept how one feeds into the other and one feeds back into the other. It just There's so many. The list is just too big. I know we're going to not be able to go over all of them that have been done. but the And it's also interesting to see what, what exactly inspires... A feature film, um, something that is, you know, based in the small screen, getting blown up onto the big screen and vice versa, and how long-lived some of these uh, things have been and are still going on. 
you know, and one of the most, the one that comes to everybody's mind when you talk about something like this is, of course, Star Trek. Right. And uh, Star Trek actually, you know, it went from the the original series, which was canceled only after a few seasons, mm-hmm. came back as the motion picture. Um, and in between there was a cartoon series that yeah. not a lot of people remember. Um, I remember but, that. There, it, it was interesting too because there were other characters in there that you didn't see on and um, in the original series. Plus, they had like Harry Mudd came back, and mm-hmm. um, but then you have um, all the feature films. Then you had it go back from feature films to the small screen, multiple new series while the feature films were being made. So Star Trek is like the the blueprint for that kind of thing. Well, and Star Trek really started the idea that the movies pick up from the TV series they kind of presuppose that some people would have seen the TV series. Some people wouldn't because Star Trek, the movies definitely interweave with the, with the series themselves, which is not as we'll find out what all the, um, the movies and TV series that intertwine do. Oh yeah. Well, and like another one of those kind of like that and which kind of spurred this discussion is Dr. Who. Um, Doctor Who started. Yeah, we're don't gonna, even get it started. Don't you know, even. Go. Sorry, I'm sorry, but it's gonna be spoken about. Um, Doctor Who started as, of course, we've already know as a series, TV series, but then in the um, and this is something we didn't get to quite touch up on on our last episode that we talked about the Doctor was the fact that there were two feature films um, based off of that uh, the show, but not quite. It was very, very loosely based off the show. With Peter Cushing as the Doctor. Um, They both featured the Daleks. And um, that's pretty much the only parts of the film that that really were similar to the series. He was the Doctor. When were those made? They were back in the 60s. And were they shown in theaters or just on television? Theater. Wow. In theaters. And um, they were uh, very 60s, actually. And uh, (laughs) the, the TARDIS... Um, in the first film, I believe it was looked more like a. It was. It looked like a big uh, circuit boarded room with bubbling lights and that kind of thing. Very sixties, mm-hmm. um, and they. It, it wasn't really quite a ship. It was something he just invented. Um, it's been a while since I've seen him, but uh, it it was very much uh, not canon. Um, with with what we had already put into play with the show. And the show had been on for a little bit. Um, so, you know, and now what we found out uh, just recently announced was that they're going to be making a Doctor Who movie in the next couple of years. And they've already said that they will not be following the canon of the TV series and what has been set up recently with Matt Smith and David Tennant and Christopher Luckiston and, and what um, Russell Davies and um, Moffat have done with with the show. They're they're already saying they're not going to go that route, and I think that's a mistake. Absolutely, mm-hmm. especially because you have the opportunity to maybe bring back someone like McGann, who didn't really get a good run, who has some of the yeah. most interesting storyline that never happened on camera. Oh, the and, time uh, war just begs. or the time it, war. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it begs to be made with the Eighth Doctor, and he would do it. He said so, and he would be amazing. But even if they didn't do the Time War, the fact remains that it's one of the most internationally popular television shows. Everybody knows what's going on. Why wouldn't you intertwine it with what's going on in the the TV show? I I think they're they're trying to 
I don't know. They're, it's it's kind of like they're afraid to be attached to something like it in, in one way. They want to Hollywoodize it, I think. I think they want to... I've decided to reserve judgment personally uh, simply because they've got David Yates to do it, and I am a big David Yates fan. I've got a lot of faith in that man, so I'm going to just hold off until I start seeing some photos come through, some plot you know, stuff leaked, and maybe then I'll make a decision whether or not I'm anticipating it. To, to me, the long and short of it is that it's still pre-production. I mean, it's been rumored for a while. It's just now been announced to even have a director attached. And so, you know, as we've seen with, say, The Hobbit, so many things can change and change back again. Oh, uh, don't get me started. Actually so, yeah, but, but we get Aiden Turner as a, a badass. Aiden Turner. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, anyway, no, no, back, 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 back to this. Back, back to this. Back. No, but the, the, um, the what I'm going to say about the documentary <clears throat> is this, is that when we were at Comic-Con, when David Tennant was the only time he was there, um, everybody and their brother thought, they were going to be announcing a feature film, and that was the whole reason he came with everybody, because Julie Gardner was there, and Russell was there. They thought that it was going to be a big announcement for a, a feature film featuring Tenet's character and the Time War, and, and, and a flashback to that. And that rumor spread like wildfire, and um, and they they said, you know, I think David Tennant was sort of surprised that he didn't realize this. He goes, would you guys like something like that? And like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was like, you know, yeah, ridiculous. Of course, hello, what do you think? You are well, awful you cute, but what happened to your brain? You know, it's like, yes, yeah. so we would like to have this. But, um, yeah, and he and disappointment, like when he said, "No, that's not what we're here for. We're just here to say hi." You could hear teardrops coming to the floor, <laughs> you know. So I hope they get it. I hope they figure it out because the time war plot line and and the whole and the, the fact that the Eighth Doctor never got his due. I think, and I mean, he did in the in the audio dramas, but he Paul McGann is a an amazing actor, mm-hmm. and he really deserves to get in the blue box again and have something like that. Even sure. if it's just for 15, 20 minutes at the beginning, just to set up how he became the ninth doctor. You know? I have to play filmmaker, filmmaker devil's advocate here though, for just one second and say, from what I understand about, about how to make a film like this successful, I totally I don't totally know because obviously I'm not them, but I can I can guess with a lot of certainty as to why they're not going to do it. And this is why. When you think about Doctor Who, Doctor Who has nothing to do, the, you know, when you think, when you quintessentialize it, it has nothing to do with war. That's why the idea of the Time War is so grand is because it's something so, uh, you know, um, off the normal track of what Doctor Who is, and it's huge and it's epic. But when you're making a feature film of something like this, you kind of don't want to deviate from the essentialness of your of what you're featuring. You're featuring the Doctor who has adventures, who explores things, who interacts with humans. The Time War has nothing to do with that. The Time War is war, Time Lords, and Daleks. You know, which is great, but that's not. The essential but, of Doctor Who, but, so kind of, you could. That's really my opinion. Why they're not going to do that for a but feature? The, the reason that it would be so perfect for a feature film is you can touch upon all of that within it, but it gives you more budget, grandiose, bigger, epic screen that you can do all of this on. You can cover this very integral part now that they have made canon of his story. And, and give it the, the due it deserves because this was the point in the doctor's life that was his hardest, most 
destructive decision he ever had to take. Uh, understandable, understandable. I'm just saying and that it's a kind of thing that might be like a second or a third film if the first film is massively successful. It's not well, going to be way, the first film at the gate. It, 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 it's going to be successful no matter what. I mean, I don't it, know. It's, 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 well, it's you know why? Because Doctor we'll all go see it. Because it says Doctor. Like I'm, I'm. It, I, it, yeah, but it's we're just Doctor like, Who fans. They're, tr- they're not. Nobody it's makes. It's just a film like I was going to. I was not going to mention this because we we agreed that we weren't going into anything <laughs> animated or sketch related. But it's the same thing as Avatar: The Last Airbender, where oh, we all you knew. Brought, you brought it up. I'm sorry, but we all knew. You know, I'm Night Shyamalan, and we all got kind of hopeful, but we were all leery because we saw his last couple movies. And then we're like, well, you know, he could make it. He has something to prove here. And then we, the reviews started to come in, the pre-reviews about how bad it was. And damn it if we all didn't go see it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't. Like, I didn't. And I'm, <laughs> Jake, Jake can attest to the, to the heightened, the, the bigness of my Shyamalan fandom. And I did not see him. <laughs> Well, that's your, that was a good choice on your part. But I'm saying we, most people who like the series did and uh, were very upset. But I think that's the same thing with Doctor Who. You don't need me to like the film. You just need my butt in that seat, you know. And, and that's true, but you can't make a film for the established fan base. You'll never make any money. There's just not enough established fans. I'm not saying there's not enough Who fans out there. Well, I'm the, the one that just Firefly, said it's a global thing, know, but you've got to make a film... Yeah. Bigger than that, to get people who've never even heard of Doctor Who in the theater. Well, and this is where, and he's, in, in one way, he's right. In, in, in one way, he's, you know, I, I agree with her to a point on that because <clears throat> Serenity proved that the hardcore fans are going to go, but when you, when you start the film with no, you know, there's really not a lot of backstory there. I mean, they mm-hmm. gave you some, but. You know, people that were going, what's the Serenity thing? Well, I'll go yeah. see it. Heck, it's a spaceship. And, yeah. they, it, you know, when when the the scene happens and everyone else is, like, sobbing, these guys are going to be like, what, who, the, the guy with the stupid shirt just got impaled by a tree? Yeah. You know, it, it's like... <laughs> but at the same time, like, there, there can be a balance if you have a good author. I mean, if you That's, take something like Star Trek, where when they started out, there was a certain amount of presupposition in that. And at the time the Star Trek movie started, there was still that core, like corny fan base. It wasn't quite as large or out, maybe. And so they had to explain some things, but they did presuppose quite a bit. So it's right. a, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult balance, I think, for someone basing one off the other. It's just like I didn't watch Buffy for years because I loved the original movie, loved it, and I was like, that is not my Buffy. Is some little pointy-nosed blonde chick who is not my buffy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it took me a while to warm up to Sarah Michelle Gellar and the, the TV series. Right, and, and, you know, and what happened? They made it a better, it was better than the It was the better, absolutely. Yeah. And because it was Whedon being able to do what he wanted with, with it without a big Hollywood studio messing Ripper movie. It. A Ripper yeah. movie. I'm just oh, Ripper series. Ripper series. <laughs> um, which we were promised. God dang it. Um, but I, I will tell you one of the one of the most successful um, franchises that crossed every freaking you know way of of being given to fans was the Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes was it started out as a film. Had numerous feature films that were very successful, all of them starring my boy Roddy. 
<laughs> and um, it became a cartoon series, and it became, after all of that, a TV series, a live-action one. There were comics, there were everything. But Planet of the Apes was, and then, you know, we had the reboot with Burton, and then we had another reboot that has now went on to make half a billion dollars. And, you know, that is a franchise that knew what it was doing on every step it took. It's not hard. It, it's got monkeys. If it's got monkeys, it's gold. <laughs> It's easier to merchandise, and I think that she's right in that. Monkeys do merchandise well, but but written well. The 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 thing with that is every part of that was written well. Um, Burton's film gets a hard way to go, and I think it's undeserved because he was dealing with a studio. And, and and when you combine, they were trying to get something that would sell toys, and you have Tim Burton bringing in his twisted Burtonism, where you know he's on um, the making of talking to his at the time girlfriend about how um, you know I always thought that Zero was sexy. Well, I always thought Cornelius was sexy, and it's like okay, he's going to totally work the inner inner species thing into the plot, and he kind of tried to, mm-hmm. but it was like you know. This is Burton mixing with the studio, and it the, was half baked. It really it was, was half. It really was half. The baked. ingredients were there, but <laughs> yeah, I really the follow through was not there. Yeah, I think it was just a bad mix of of things in a, a script. His stubbornness and the studio's power. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> we can all agree that Tim that Tim Roth was just flat out badass in that. But yes. he just was amazing. But Planet of the Apes is one of those things that. If you get the opportunity, go find the cartoon series because it's really cool. It's at the same time, I think, that the Star Trek one, very similar animation, um, very well done. The TV series, the live action TV series was also very good. Um, and, of course, all the films are brilliant. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's one that crossed everything. Um Rachel, do you have one that I know you have one that you really want to talk about? Oh, well, Twin Peaks. I knew it. Twin Peaks, because that that was just, and it's funny because I don't really like the movie, <laughs> and the movie made some interesting choices, um, other than being David Lynch. <laughs> being was it David, David Bowie in that? He was, wasn't he? I don't remember. I don't think so. I remember that uh, one of the big things that alienated some people was. Um, Kyle McLaughlin, who I can't pronounce his name, did not come back as the the uh, detective. It was they, Chris Isaac, wasn't it? They replaced him with Chris Isaac, which is kind of hot, but it kind of was very confusing to a lot of people when that happened. It was and, the same character. Yeah, I've never seen Twin Peaks. This is the one of the ultimate tragedies of my life. But so they, oh, they did the oh. same character, just replaced the actor. Yes, and. I'm not sure of the decision behind that, to be honest. I'm not. They should have just said he was a time lord and called it that. (laughs) Oh, E.B. Cooper was a time lord. Oh my god, my mind just got blown. (laughs) Time lord instead of uh, Jamie Dodgers, he likes pie. Oh Um, my god. (laughs) And And Diane is really the TARDIS. He's just communicating. (laughs) (laughs) Someone write that now. Write it right now. But Firewalk with me, you know, was it also was interesting because of where it takes place in the middle of the Twin Peaks series, even though it was produced afterwards. So um, it's it's it was it's odd that Twin Peaks was as successful as it was because David Lynch usually doesn't translate to people um, to most people, and so in especially on TV, how did 
anybody give David Lynch a TV show. <laughs> and then they get him to make this movie that goes backwards into the story and then replaces a main character who also, um, well, I can't say because Ren hasn't seen it and it's a huge spoiler, but something happens in the first I'll few minutes. I'll just say it. Well, they kill him off. <laughs> oh, I wish you hadn't said that. <laughs> so, yeah, Twin Peaks, um, to me, is one that gets overlooked a lot because people forget there was a movie. Along with one that um, Jessica, on a lighter note, and I were talking about, one of my favorite um, TV shows spawned off one of my favorite movies, which um, the movie being Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now, you liked the series. I l- yes, because... Well, I was also 10, you know, <laughs> because I remember, I remember one of the funniest, funniest parts. Okay. Cause see, uh, there's a story here. We're talking Ferris about Bueller, can't lose. Yes. Parker Lewis can't lose very heavily borrowed from Ferris Bueller, but at the same, then, then they decided to have dueling TV series mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. And. I remember one of the episodes in the first season of Parker Lewis Can't Lose because Parker Lewis Can't Lose kept going for like two or three seasons. Yeah. Um, Ferris Bueller didn't make it into one. Yeah. And Parker Lewis is the one I like, not the Ferris Bueller. Well, there, what was funny was the Ferris Bueller and one of the episodes of the first season of Parker Lewis ended, they panned the camera back and it was them on a, on a, like a, a high school stage playing the scene out and you see this guy with the Ferris Bueller hair and mm-hmm. his two buddies sitting there next to him. And you hear them go, oh, so that's how they do it. <laughs> and, and that's how it ends because they, they'd already canceled the show on NBC um, right. for Ferris. But Parker Lewis Can't Lose was heavily borrowed from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Well, when, it, was, when was it, that on? When was that on the air? 1991 uh, or two. 90 was Ferris Bueller on NBC. And, um, and it was like at the same time, it started just before Parker Lewis can't lose, but Parker Lewis can't lose had a couple things over it. One, it had Corin Nemec, who was adorable and, um, it didn't have Jennifer Aniston. So, (laughs) and it it had, had, um, um, I loved Kubiak. Kubiak was in that, um, the, the guy that he ended up on, um, uh, freaking um er he ended up on er and then you had limmer who was my freak boyfriend on there <laughs> he was my favorite uh, well and um, also was on um stargate sg1 yeah stargate one of the another one of those it spawned way too many spinoffs <laughs> <laughs> but it was other than doctor who it's one of the longest it's actually one of the longest consecutive um, yeah. sci-fi shows on tv because it didn't take breaks and well, that was one of the that was the one i was going to talk about because i really like stargate well i when the movie came out i was in high school and i just be, fell in love with every single part of it especially the young kid with the dreadlocks named scara i wanted to marry him <laughs> and his little brown babies i really seriously <laughs> fell the guy um and then broke my heart when i was like 13 and my mom said oh I bet he's gay like she was being totally just not not offensive she just was making a comment and like me and my 13 year old heart went no um so I loved that movie and I probably watched it a gajillion times and then the show came on SG-1 and I thought that the dude that they cast to play Daniel was the spitting image of 
the man whose name I can't remember. Spot James no. Spader. Spader. James Spader. How? You yeah, I, I, I liked that. And then the bit that pissed me off, because even from a very young teenager age, I was a big linguist. And so I loved the, the different, you know, the, the way that Daniel in the, in the movie was able to kind of find out the, the uh, thousand year old different version of Egyptian. You know, I loved all that kind of bit. And so the, the guy in the TV show looked just like James Spader, but couldn't pronounce his own wife's name. And at like, 13, I was like, oh, no, this is like the biggest transgression in my mind. You know, forget effects or storylines or whatever. I was like, he can't t- say the name right, whatever. Anyway, well, that's actually, it's actually kind of a funny little side thing because Michael Shanks, um, it wasn't his call. They changed her name between the movie and the TV series. Well, her name in the movie was Shouty. Or mm-hmm. it was some it was kind of difficult to pronounce, Shouty, something like that. Yeah. And so... To, instead of the hard consonant in the middle to pronounce the difficult one in the middle, they made yep. it Charé. And and they did it. The writers did it. It wasn't Michael um, Shane. Really? Yeah, um, because my husband, I bought him like the all the seasons of Stargate, and then we uh-huh. had to watch all the commentary. And that was actually something that they decided to do. What is really no good idea. about you pointing that out is that Michael Shanks worked very hard and as you said was very convincing doing um james spader's take of the character really convincing really convincing and then was very great at starting to blend and change the character into what he did it to be yeah Um, it did change over time it lasted for 10 seasons no one can deny that that show was amazingly successful um atlantis Atlantis, I don't know. Look, Atlantis was it was hit and miss. It was kind. It was as cheesy as SG One. Nobody can argue against that fact. Um, It had its own, you know, its own uh, incredibly deep storylines and and universes. Not universes, literally, but you know, um, people they were dealing with and plot lines they were dealing with. It was just as dense as SG One and just as cheesy as SG One. And if you're doing nothing on a Saturday night but cooking dinner and washing dishes, you turn it on. It's not a big deal. And then um, the only one I really have strong emotion about is Universe. And it's because so many people hate it. So many people hate it. And I love it. I honest, honest to God, I think it was one of the greatest shows that I've, that I watched in recent years. It was incredibly well written and incredibly well acted, I thought. And one of the most amazing things, some of the best cinematography on television I've ever seen. Really if, gorgeous cinematography. I think my problem with SGU is that it wasn't consistent. You would start to feel like, okay, well, you know, when it started, we're like, okay, they're warming up to something here. And then as they started to, where you, they should have been hitting their pace, it, it would fizzle. And then you'd feel like they were warming up again, and it would fizzle. And they introduced angst really early into it. Mm-hmm. They introduced a lot of that. And, um, you know, it, th- there's kind of a disconnect between the fact that the Stargate fan base was older now mm-hmm. and weren't, but they were trying to get new people watching. And I think they managed to somehow completely alienate their fan base while See, not I, really latching on to other people. To and I was new. probably, I was probably a prime viewer for them because <laughs> I, 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 I enjoyed SG one sort of, meh, I didn't follow it every week. I just, when it was on, right. it was on. I didn't really catch it on purpose. Same with Atlantis. I, you know, they were cheesy enough that I didn't really feel the need to just get sucked in, but I enjoyed them. 
So you're but, affectionate toward it to to want to watch it, but not so much yeah. that you're going to dissect. So the things, so the things that I felt they were lacking, I got from Universe, and that's yeah. why I loved it so much. And the other thing I have to say, I feel I had the same problem with Heroes because I didn't watch Universe or Heroes on the week to week when it aired basis. I watched both of them on Hulu and Netflix, um, and so I watched them consecutive, like back to back to back to back. So I didn't have this long, drawn-out sense that people did when they were watching it one episode per week, right. getting anticipation for something and then having it, you know, be not that what they were expecting one week and then having seven days to stew on it. I didn't. I just I watched them back to back to back, and I didn't have this. I didn't get that sense of it fizzling out anywhere. I like so, it. So then you have so that's a movie that turns into a TV series. Then you have something that starts with a single frame cartoon panel, <laughs> becomes a television series, becomes another television series, and then what? 20, 30 years later becomes a couple of hit movies. Okay, and oh, it oh, is? don't forget and don't forget a cartoon, the cartoon, a cartoon, cartoon, and then a hit <gasps> musical. I just realized what I'm forgetting, so I'm going to write that down. But yeah, but what we are talking, of course, is the Adams family. family. Yay! One of my favorites of all time. Yeah, that that's one that's had a life and a half, and it just keeps going, even in some parts where you don't, you wish it hadn't. <laughs> there were, <laughs> there was that's that third life. Adams family movie. Oh, Let's third pretend. one. Well, let's not. I, God, I'll I'll forgive Two Tim words. Curry. I'll Two forgive. words. Raul Julia. How do you follow up? Even if you're Tim Curry, how do you follow up? Raul Julia. You can't. Julia? No, can't. you can't. Not ever. Yeah. And what's funny is we didn't put this on our list, Jessica. Um, Beetlejuice. Oh, you know why? Because of the animation. Never mind. It was just a. Car- it became a cartoon, and now there is talk of a sequel. Yes. That was a that was such a cool cartoon. I liked that cartoon. It was one of my favorite cartoons. Yeah. Um, but the Adams family has gone on um, to become just it. It's just amazing. Even though it survived that horrible, horrible, horrible Fester's Quest gar- game that they made off of it. <laughs> um, but um, the musical now um, is go is I think it just performed its five hundredth or some crazy five um, hundredth performance and fantastic. It, and they, um, I, I was just telling Rachel before we aired, I'm so happy. You know, I love Nathan Lane, but he's not Gomez. No. He's so not. And they have Roger Reese now playing Gomez. Which Christopher Lloyd is way too old to do it, though. No, no, not Christopher Lloyd. He's he's Fester. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Gomez. Yeah, sorry. I'm talking I had about a, Gomez. No, oh, yeah, I had a brain thing. No, they have um, they have some really good car- uh, actors. And oh, and by the way, uh, just just announced today, um, kind of piggybacking on the Adams family, the Monsters is coming back to television. Yeah, really, and it as had a drama. Mm. <laughs> you know, it had a it had a movie too, and it the movie was not as good as the series. But um, you know, I think I think it's interesting that the Monsters is coming back right now as a drama because at first I was really upset because why and then I started to think about it and it really you know it's the glee of its time <laughs> well and, and and I think is it is it the guy from glee doing it or is it another guy there was yeah. it, he's a big name in tv and I'm blanking on it right now and to the um, internet um but the the thing that I'm concerned about was reading the plot synopsis and they're saying how Eddie's werewolf tendencies hit when he hits puberty uh, and they really? made a point of bringing that up. So he's not going to be 
cute werewolf is, boy. Like, is like this going to be the monsters in Forks, Washington? But you know what? <laughs> the interesting thing is, I would say that would be a good way to pull the viewers into someone they relate to, pull it into the monster family. But that's why you have the normal girl. That's the whole point of the normal girl. That, Marilyn, yeah. That she's the freak in the middle of this family of, you know, this tight-knit family of monsters. Um, and so you don't need to start him out as anything other than a wolf boy. Yeah, so yeah, I, I I'll keep my uh, I'll keep, I'll keep my opinion to myself on that. I'll wait. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> see what they'll do. Um, you know. And by the way, I need to give a shout out again to my my friend Jean Saint Jean, who is the man behind this new line of Diamond Select um, Monsters toys out there that are just absolutely beautiful, and you need to buy the Hulk set. They're so pretty. Uh, all together, you're looking at 60 bucks out of pocket for them, and they're just gorgeous, gorgeous sculpts. So, I, um, I, have, I have to bring back, too, do you remember the Monsters today? Yes. <laughs> it lasted three seasons. How did that happen? Well, the Adams family, that, that one that no one remembers, lasted for, like, at least one or two. And that was on, I think, Fox Kids or something. Hmm. And um, it was like a musical or something. Oh, weird. <laughs> uh, but um, speaking of, of shows, retro shows being brought back to feature film, um, that was uh, there was like a slew of them over the course of like the early 2000s. I think it was when a lot Late of these 90s, hit. Early 2000s, Late 90s, early 2000s. Because I remember for some ungodly reason, although it wasn't as bad as Godzilla was, but I remember... <laughs> driving and taking subways across New York, this was probably back in early 2000, um, going to go see Lost in Space. <laughs> Primarily motivated by the fact that Gary Oldman was Gary in Oldman. Gary Oldman. And um, he was the best part, of course, um, because Matt LeBlanc was in it. He's the best part of everything. Matt oh my gosh, I blocked that Matt LeBlanc was in it. How could you forget Joey in space? I did it on purpose and you brought oh. it back. This had William Hurt. You have it was so <laughs> bad I can't forget it. it. And then it's like, yo, I'm Matt LeBlanc. Yo, I'm Matt LeBlanc in space. Um, but uh, that speaking of uh, the high tech gleam of, of, a, of a new series, of a new newly produced special effects extravaganza ruined what you know sorry guys but what was so great about lost in space was lost in this because lost in space was great because of its cheesy factor you had talking eat man-eating carrot guys running around and things yeah. literally talking carrots walking around um and and it was it was fun you know and, it was cheesy when it came out originally and it was yeah. supposed to be and that was exactly what it was supposed to be. And, and when you put, you know, trying to, like, with that suit thing that he had where he yeah, was built into him. I don't know. It and was they just, screwed it, up my damned robot. Thank you, Todd, <laughs> for giving input when you're angry. <laughs> you gonna get they the drill did. Out, that Todd? that was pretty out? bad. Get the drill out, Todd. I'm going to drill somebody screw for ruining em. my robot. Screw drill of anger. That's right. <laughs> Danger, <laughs> Will Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm better. Uh, yes. Well, not not. Before, I think it may have been before that. Um, they did the Beverly Hillbillies, which was actually entertaining. Um, but and you know, um, uh, Jim Varney played uh, 
played on uh, the. Oh God, I'm blanking on his name now. Oh my God, how do I blank on Jed the name? Jed Clampett, damn it! Jed Clampett. <laughs> I, I was going to say Buddy Epson. No, um, but Jed you know Clampett. he was great as that, and it introduced us to. Um, you know, I can't think all of a sudden. All See, right, I've got IMDb open. What am I looking for? Jethro. Jethro. And I'm going to be really mad when you say his name because he has kind of a fun name to say. Um, who was on the Drew Carey show? You know what oh, I'm talking about? Crap. I remember. I he remember. He played Jethro. He played Jethro. And, uh, batter. Yes! I knew it was Had fun to say. He played Jethro Clampett, and it was entirely too much fun. That was on. That was right. And it was Cloris Leachman played Granny, which was brilliant. Yes. So, it wasn't that good of a movie, but it was a lot of fun. It and, was. I actually had fun with that movie, and 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 Jim Varney as as Jed Clamp. It was just spot on badass casting. That was great. I miss Jim Varney. Jim Varney was an awesome guy. I, yep. I miss that guy. The Brady Bunch movies came out around that time. The new Brady Bunch movies. Oh my mm-hmm. god, they were brilliant. The the first two were great. I only saw the first one. That's the one with the flattened nose from the football, right? Right, and you had yes. psychotic um, Marsha, 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 and it yeah. was just, it was brilliant. And and um, Gary Cole was creepily good. <laughs> yeah, <the dad. laughs> I oh, really yes. want to also oh, yes. mention he- that before there was the remakes of Brady Bunch, there were there was an actual Brady Bunch movie, um, Brady Bunch movies. in the White House, a reunion, a Variety there Hour home there movies. There was a cartoon too, and they had yeah they they were the variety, like yeah. you couldn't stop it. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, on the 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 dad in the Brady Bunch movie. He he made such a um, I, I, impact's not the right word, but he's so like ingrained in my brain as the dad from Brady Bunch that he's the only one I can picture. Who Gary even Cole from the show? Yeah, it's just he's, him. He's that he's, guy. He's just that good. He's that good. It's perfect, and his voice. Sometimes I'll be reading something, you know, um, <laughs> moral, moral, and I'll read it in his voice with his funny inflections. <laughs> Put your so Sunday funny. best on, kids. We're going to Sears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it'll be something like a, like a moral at the end of a fable. It'll be like, you know, kids, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> something, something, something. Oh, my God. He's, he's great. And what's so awesome about that is he did that um, in between the first one and the second one. He was Lucas Buck in American Gothic, which is one of the best TV series ever made in my mind. And he played, you didn't know if he was Satan or not. Mm. Very That's nice. what's yeah. so great about him. Good he actor. The same the thing s- in Brady Bunch. Sorry, whatever. The other you don't know performance he's in that Brady Bunch movie was Christine Taylor, who became Maureen McCormick. It was pretty impressive. Um, oh, and, and isn't she married to... Ben- not Ben Stiller. Um, yeah, Zoolander. Ben Stiller. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No way. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of Zoolander and Ben Stiller, he is responsible for probably one of the ones that I'm kind of angry about. <laughs> oh. God. Do it. Yes. Do it. Say it. Starsky and Hutch. Oh, it's so bad. <sighs> okay. But Snoop Dogg is like, I was just going to say, if you're... If, Ignore all the parts that don't have Snoop Dogg in them. I think really, if you had made the same movie and not called it Starsky and Hutch, it would yeah. have been fine because it would just be another dumb bed stiller movie that you go in expecting to have that experience. But when you call it Starsky and Hutch, 
It puts this whole different kind of... that show was like, classic. I mean, yeah. it was a classic series. And, and yeah, I get that, like, with the Brady Bunch, it leaves itself open to be, you know, ridiculed and everything. But Starsky and Hutch was like, they were badasses. You know? Oh, okay, but a little bit of ridicule. <laughs> a little bit of ridicule is fine. You know, a little bit. But yeah. come on. It's not like that was a comedy in well, so much. Be, depends on much how you watched it. Yeah, it has to be as much of an homage as it is a um, as, as it is a parody because yeah. the thing about the Beverly Hillbillies and the Brady Bunch is they were not particularly good, but they had a good mix of the nostalgia and the okay. We all know that this is kind of ridiculous, so we're going to kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Well, so fun. let me let me give an example of how you do that right. Yes, it's called the A Team. Yes. <laughs> The you freaking love that movie. The girls are all riled up up in here. <laughs> the A team is how you do it right. How you <laughs> do you do the right thing for something that inspired kids when they were growing up and is still yeah we know it's cheesy but it's badass so what do you do? You make a badass slightly cheesy movie with guys that know how to do it. You know but- and the only thing sorry I, I i gotta i gotta i gotta get she, pissed about this. i'll just say to the people listening jay <laughs> is massively in love with that movie and in no small part because of a certain <laughs> gentleman from the southern hemisphere yeah, well by the name and, of charlton copley and not just him but bradley <laughs> cooper liam neeson rampage jackson I mean, Do you come want on. me to tell them the depths to which you have been obsessed i'm frightened right now because mr t wasn't in it so it doesn't count <laughs> they asked Mr. T to be in it. Yeah, but you know, he, did you ever see what Mr. T had to say about that? He's like, "What? What kind of fool's going to ask B.A. Brackets to have a cameo?" Do you know the, uh, everybody else was in it? No, that no, was B.A. Brackets is the star. He don't need no cameo. Jesus Christ, dude! Come on. <laughs> you, know, you know what's interesting to me though is he also made a point that I think is true for all of these kind of homage movies is that part of the reason he had a problem with the movie was because it introduced what he believed were non-family friendly things, got violence and language into what was a very clean series. And that's true with the Brady Bunch movies. <laughs> that's true with all well, of that. And, but you know and what so- they did? They, they took, they took it into a modern setting and they didn't make it. That was part of the thing was they brought um, a, a respect to what they were actually doing they they brought the whole military aspect to it the reality of the fighting and everything you know like the a-team that was the that was the cheesy part was no one got shot but, even and the guns never ran out of ammo or, and understanding. I, think, I think we're used to this now where we're used to we kind of expect that in in our remakes now but i remember when um specifically the um beverly hillbillies came out my parents took us to it and we were kind of young and Mm. they were like kind of shocked because they thought beverly hillbillies family friendly and the truth is it's not geared towards children it's geared towards people who grew up with it are now adults exactly exactly and i think that's something that gets lost a lot when people review these kind of movies I think some of the assumption is that everybody who's familiar with the original version is obviously now grown up. Enough time has passed that these people are no longer children. And if you were going to make a remake that was of the same, you know, cal- the same rating, G, that whole group of people that need to watch a G film can just watch the reruns of the actual show. Like, if you're, if you're a young kid who wants to go see, the, you know, 
something that's a team, but you're not old enough to go and see the movie, watch the reruns until you're old enough to, I don't know. Does that make any sense? Well, Rachel brought I mean, up in the eyes of a filmmaker, you'd be like, "Why am I? Why am I going to make exactly the same thing for a totally well, different crowd?" I'll give you. I'll give you an example of something where they kiddified it, and it ruined it. Mm-hmm. And that was the Wild Wild West. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. That was probably the most atrocious piece of crap <laughs> I've ever seen. Uh, it was one of them. It's it's it, you know because I grew up watching. As a ki- well, and, and here's what's so funny. I grew up watching as a kid on on the local syndicated whatever you know local station the original series with uh, you know I believe it was Robert Conrad and um, Ross and Martin. and it was yeah Robert Conrad and Ross Martin. Good, I got a good memory. Um, and it was awesome. It's a great show. I freaking loved it. They were smart. They were funny. There was gadgets, and and they there was the, they were cool as heck. What did they do? Well, they kept the gadgets. They they didn't really keep the funny. They kept they they kept the tight pants. They added uh, boobs. Somehow. They managed to mess up steampunk. I don't they know. Ma- they they, they, they destroyed steampunk, and they somehow got Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> To be horrible. I almost think the man did it on purpose. It's not really that hard if you watch Frankenstein. Oh, oh this is true. Dude. Oh, this is true. Ouch. Uh, no, I got to give props to you on that one, Todd. Good That's point. one of those places that Whatever. I just don't remember. <laughs> it's like it's like Joey in space. It's just a little blank. <laughs> the only thing I do remember was, damn, boy, you built yourself up with that abs. Mm-hmm. Woo. You go, Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> Except but, for the um, fact that he was like in every single frame screaming into the camera. Yeah, and shirtless. Sometimes. <laughs> was like, what are you doing, reason? dude? Oh, you know shirtless. what? I was thinking I remember that his performance was good. That's not what I was remembering. I was it was the abs, shirtless, wasn't screaming. it? You were yeah. the shirtless. Running <laughs> <laughs> around throwing switches and, and, and yep. doing aerobics. I like that. Um, it's like putting but, David Tennant on screen. Fangirls will be like, well, there was a movie. I was just. I watching. only made it, but you know what? I only made it through about half of that movie before I was so bored I gave up. I, I watched it. I, I liked through it. it a couple times. So, but, but Wild Wild West, I actually, I don't think I went to the theater. I think I rented it and I made it through it. And then I looked at my husband and I went, the hell was that? I mean, really? What, what did we just waste? We can't get our hour and a half back. It's like I felt after the postman. I'm like, mm. what the hell? Why did you make me watch this? Okay, I'm going to incur a lot of screams, but that's how I felt after Watchmen. Oh. We can't even go there. We have to stick to our uh, time. Uh, okay. I, I don't have the time uh, to uh, right uh, now. Uh, Comic book uh, movies is a whole other show. <laughs> whole other show. Oh, my God. I, 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 the problem is I can't just let that I, sit. I think I just <laughs> threw up in my mouth a little. <laughs> You are in I'm the sorry. so minority, so in the, honey. I, and I know, I know. I stand on my tiny little island all by myself. Let me just and take I wave it my arm. And I go, I go, I'm sorry. Didn't like it. She likes Target <laughs> Universe. She didn't like Watchmen. Got it. I'm that kind done. of makes sense, though. <laughs> See? I'm consistent. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but um, the one that um, I know that uh, Rachel has already told me that she likes that I'm. I just. I just can't get past based it. Based on the, the trailer, it made based me. Based on the, the trailer, trailer I, laugh, and that's really what it came down to. It's Twenty One Jump Street. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and here's the thing: Jonah Hill does not make me laugh. I can't stand the guy, but I watched that trailer and it made me giggle because he got stabbed. 
Sorry, Jonah. Ow. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I I recently watched the whole 21 Jump Street series because it's on Netflix, and I'm desperate because I watched through Netflix too quickly. Um, and we recently watched it, and it wasn't a great show. It was gripping, and it had Johnny Depp. You know, like but you know, like I'm sorry, they made it a comedy, and I know Johnny's like, yes, let's piss all over the show because it made my life hell for years, but. You got a show where like one of the main characters gets raped and you're going to make it a comedy. But the thing is, we just talked about how they take these shows that weren't necessarily meant all the time to be comedies and kind of, you know, capitalized on the nostalgia. And that's what they did with Starsky and Hutch. Green Hornet, ladies and gentlemen, Green Hornet. (laughs) Thank you, sir. (laughs) I I didn't see it. Thank you. I could and and what do I call what do I Seth call Rogen Hill? in my comic book movie I and I just call, couldn't do it. What do I call Jonah Hill? I call him Mini Seth Rogen, and there's a reason why. <laughs> Seth well, Rogen's good looking now. I don't know. Well, Jonah I, Hill lost I like all the Jonah Hill. I like it's Jonah Hill. I could take or leave Seth Rogen. Really? Yeah. Check. I'm adding that to. <laughs> Dude, did you not see Get Into the Greek? Get into the Greek was drop dead hilarious. Only because Russell, Russell Brand. Brand. Then, <laughs> oh. that's back back to Twenty One Jump Street. So you have this series that people didn't miss because Baby Johnny Depp was in it. Right. And um, I'm sorry, but but I, I didn't see my, Baby Johnny Depp meant nothing to me at the beginning of Twenty One Jump Street. I was all about Peter Deloise. Yeah, Baby Deloise was in it too, and so now they have Jonah Hill. And Channing Tatum, neither of whom is as cute as Johnny Depp or as, like, kind of lug-nut hunky as Peter DeLuise. And so it's a disconnect. I mean, obviously, that's going to be a disconnect. All I can see is wait for the breakout dance moves from Tatum. Like, look at my abs. I can only hear him talk like he's the freaking situation. Here's the thing, though. I, I, the, the trailer made me laugh, and so I'm hopeful, but it very possibly could be one of those movies where every good moment is in the trailer. Yeah. No, really? Sorry. I'm just <laughs> angry. <laughs> I don't know. It made me laugh. Mm. But, but, I mean, until just, it comes out, I can't really form that big of an I opinion. Know. I'm, I'm, that, I know. I'm... I'll go. I'll go let, see let it at the dollar twenty-five. You, let me remind you of how much you hated Matt, Matt Smith from the previews. But and I gave then him a shot. I did yeah. give him a shot. And you're gonna give Twenty One Jump Street a shot on video. <laughs> on video. But we, you know, we did forget one of those one of the shows that um, that made the leap and is gonna keep. Uh, that will actually. Now that I said made the leap, I have to. I have to bring up the one that no one remembers but me, oh, and that yeah. is that is Gung Ho. Does anyone yeah, else? No. Todd. Todd. Nothing. I love that do movie. You, do you remember the TV show? Barely. Scott Bakula. Yeah, but it was like so short lived. <laughs> yeah, I love Scott I Bakula, know, but, but my remember, God, man. I remember it. It was like I a blink. Like, it was like I was like what, nine when that came out or something. Did it even make it a full season? It may have made it a full season. It may have made it a full season on on it was on ABC. I remember that. I remember the the canned laughter on it. I know, and Laugh I remember crack. his mullet. He had a mullet, <laughs> and I can't, I think he was supposed to be um, uh, Michael Keaton's character. Yeah, he was. Didn't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> work. Oh, the other one that didn't last, but one one pilot that they actually um, 
was a was uh, Blazing Saddles had a pilot. Yes. Seriously? Yes. For Black Bart, the series, no and it was um, Louis Gossett Jr. You know, conversely, there are movie, there are really hit TV shows that make the jump, and well, the X Files. X Files. The first movie was pretty good. Yeah. Second movie. People, second uh, movie was like an extended TV show. Yeah. It should have been a made-for-TV movie. It shouldn't have been an in-the-theater movie. Yeah. It, this the second. Yeah, it was basically two episodes, I think, punched together, and there was like a Cylon in there that was trying to get his boy girlfriend a body or something. Nice. Am I making that up? No, it was Billy Connolly. <laughs> no, Billy Connolly was no, Billy Connolly was the pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> when you take the most likable man in show business and make him a pedophile, I don't know what you're going to do after that. Actually, yeah, speaking Billy of Cylons, didn't we totally forget the announcement of the Battlestar Galactica movie? Has there been a new one? Has there been a new well, one I I read it at the same in the same announcement as Doctor Who. That along the same line, someone's taking it on and they're going to make a film outside of the current television story show uh, storyline. I am Googling it. Google the hell out of that. And the other one that made the leap and, and did so far more successfully than the TV series was Police Squad. Yes, yes. Leslie Nielsen FTW forever. <laughs> That man, he was amazing. But yeah, Police Squad really did a great, great uh, job with that and, and kept that. I think the, didn't the series only last not even a full season? Hardly at all? Was it like, God, how many episodes was it? Wasn't that many? It wasn't many at all. Yeah. Let me see if I can find. And there may have been more movies than that. I didn't know you were going to bust out with that because there were things that. Um, like at one point a lot of people think that there was a cruel intentions um uh there there wasn't a cruel intention series but there was it was called i think um manchester school or manchester private well i know they had a, a sequel to it that went direct to dvd well th what it was was they started they did a pilot and a couple episodes and when it didn't take off they shoved them together and made it into a movie Wonderful. but it was actually a tv spin-off of cruel intentions Oh. I googled the, the Battlestar Galactica know. the Battlestar Galactica movie and it's Brian Singer. Evidently yeah. it's a project Brian Singer's backburnered for a long time, but he's finally doing it. Yeah, um John Orloff, I guess, is gonna be doing the script duties instead of Brian. Um and I like Brian Singer. I've got faith in that guy. You know, I think that it John Orloff's an interesting choice. It's it's really it, I would love to see them do more with it because the T V series was definitely done. And the Caprica had an pro intrinsic problem with it in that it was a prequel, so you knew the big thing that was going to happen. And yeah. it, so it was hard to invest and yourself it. And it was boring as hell. <laughs> Stoltz couldn't save it. <laughs> Even so. James Marsters couldn't save it. Oh, James Marsters. So um, another one that I, I have to bring up because I'm, I'm his, his bitch, basically, is um, Freddy's Nightmares. Yes. Oh, Which this is was true. An interesting um, spin on the whole making a TV series off of a TV film or a movie, a feature film. Which is uh, having the the main villain of your feature film host 
episodes of uh, of individual stories, which was a neat little take. Um, and uh, um, props out to Robert. Um, he reminded me of another um, another series that a lot of people forget about, um, which was based off a feature film, was Starman. Um, starring Robert Hayes and Aaron Gray. Aaron Gray shows up later as Jenny Hayden, but um, that that was one of my favorite shows um, when I was younger on ABC. I See, loved I Robert Hayes. I never saw the show. I, now I'm going to have to find and, it. I, I want to say it was Christopher Daniel Barnes um, played Scott, and he a little trivia fact: he ended up becoming the voice of Eric the Prince in The Little Mermaid. <laughs> um, so there it but, is, 1986. Yeah, See, it was I only love a couple of, Yeah, it's a it was a great series, and I think it lasted. Yeah, it did. It actually lasted almost, one season. It was one season, two. but two years, almost two years. Yeah, Christopher Daniel Barnes. God, Michael Cavanaugh was in it. So I just thought of a question for you guys. I don't know if this is a little bit of changing the subject, but not entirely. I was just wondering, what is a television show of past or present that you would like to see made into a movie? Like, if you had your way, what would you see? And if you can't think of a TV show, vice versa, what's a movie you'd like to see as a series? Ooh. You know, this is kind of funny, but this could use a really great reboot now that there's more indie twee awareness, mm-hmm. is The Adventures of Pete and Pete. I was addicted to that yeah. show it was on television, and they did a lot with it on a very small budget for a long they time. They did, didn't they? But I could see it getting kind of almost a Scott Pilgrim type, like in the hands of um, of Edgar Wright. Uh-huh. That would be an amazing TV, uh, amazing movie to make. That would be fun. I would have to go with American Gothic needs a feature film version yeah. of it. Yeah. If you've never seen it, you totally need to check it out. Sam Raimi produced. Nice. And, and um, also, I, he may have directed a couple episodes. It's it's a great show because if you're a Raimi fan, you see people that he has worked with and have been tied to his work. Um, Bruce Campbell shows up in an episode. Arnold Vosloo shows up in an episode. It's and up it's in full on Hulu <clears throat> Plus right now. Yeah, totally go oh, see it. Oh, fantastic. Yes, I it's of, totally worth it. I thought of two real obscure ones. The the current one that I really that they've been talking about and teasing us with forever, but they haven't done it is the Mighty Boosh. I think yes. the Mighty Boosh needs to be a movie. <laughs> and yeah. actually, I'm such a nerd for that show. I also watch. Um, uh, there's a British quiz show called Nevermind the Buzzcocks, and Noel yes. Fielding, who plays Vince Noir, is on there. And I've watched him change his hair. And now he's grow- it's black again, and he's growing it longer. And the only thought I have is he's totally growing it to be Vince again on screen. I like that's- want that to happen. <laughs> I want that to happen really bad. And then the other one that's also obscure that I remember so fondly from my childhood is a little-known cartoon show called Exo Squad. And I, I want that, that to be a movie so bad. Exo Squad was this sci-fi series. There was an alien race, and there was humans, and they were in some kind of a war. And the the whole premise of it was they had these mechanical um, suits, like exoskeletons, and so they were uh, an elite force that was called Exo Squad, and it was just awesome. See, so they have the special effects to do that now. Yes, that that would be su- such a prime thing on on a big screen right now. And they've done you know mechanical suits in other movies, but if that was the whole focus of the film was these exoskeleton suits, that would be rad. 
See, the key thing, though, is that they have to, I, I feel like sometimes, especially um, animated series, get, get the short um, end of the stick. For in, instance, one of the most revolutionary um, cartoons ever, Aeon Flux. Yes. Amazing. And they made. But that movie was crap. The movie was utter, utter, utter something I can't say on the radio. No. And, um, Duke. <laughs> it was dookie. it was dookie it was caca <laughs> and Charlie you know and, and I really, like Charlie there Theron, was no and she reason. was not it it was not it was not her fault it wasn't anybody any of the actors' fault it was really whoever wrote it did not understand Aeon Flux yeah and that's just the long and short of it and so whenever you take a cartoon and make it into a movie even if it's not as edgy as that and the same thing with Pete and Pete you mm-hmm. need somebody who really understands what makes it tick and doesn't, you know, just say, look, we'll put a starlet in a bunch of spandex and see what happens. Well, there, there are two that I have to bring up, two um, TV series, actually flip-flop, one that was a, a feature film that became a series and one that was a series that became a feature film, both of which I believe were in some way uh, presented with an Oscar or at least nominated. I know one won. Mm-hmm. One is The Fugitive. Yes. Which- Mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones won an Oscar for, um, and the original series was one of the most classic. I think the the finale where he finds the one-armed man um, was probably one of the biggest rated um, shows in the history of TV. It was right way up there. Um, U.S. Marshals. And, and then, of course, U.S. Marshals came from that, which we won't talk about. <laughs> and, um, and then M.A.S.H., Oh, yes, Mash. One of the most celebrated TV series of all time came yep. from a film. Um, and I think we're going to have to wrap up, sadly, because, of course, you know, we get us talking, we uh, we get going. Um, I did have to bring up one other one that um, a couple of people have said on Facebook, which was Logan's Run. Terminator. Which, and Terminator, of course. They had to spin off from that. Um, I know we're going to miss some Dark Shadows, of course. Um, which is upcoming. Um, oh, I didn't know. get to talk about Farscape. Damn. It's a sad story <laughs> anyway. It's no, no big deal. Well, I mean, was, <laughs> oh, it's, it's a tale Firefly. of woe. Yeah, Firefly became Serenity. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the there's. I'm sure we've missed dozens upon dozens oh, of yeah. these. Oh, yeah. Um, Alien. Oh yeah, uh, Alienation. We got to bring that up because oh, that I loved Alienation. That actually was great because it spawned yeah. feature, it spawned TV films and mm-hmm. you know I hear a sequel in the works, a sequel to this show. Yeah, this show. Well, we already know we're going to do one for Doctor Who because there was it's too impossible. much to talk about. <laughs> it's, it's too much. All right, so thank you for listening to this episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm Jessica. This is Ren. Thank you. This is Rachel. Good night. And this is Todd. Yeehaw! Thank you. Live long and prosper. Prosper.